Today on Fit for Purpose, I'm talking to Kieran Trahan, the Pro Vice Chancellor for Partnerships and Engagement at York University. York's the first Russell Group University to work with the Social Mobility Pledge. And we talk about how their work in this area and social justice is rooted in their history as a university and why it's especially important for a Russell Group University like York to make improving social mobility such a key goal. Kieran, obviously um, you're Pro Vice Chancellor for Partnerships and Engagement at York University. I think like many universities, you'll have had your own challenges when lockdown hit and how it affected you as a university and part of the local community. How was it for York University? And, you know, looking ahead to your autumn term that's just getting going, what's it mean for students coming back for this term? I think, thank you, Justine. Like many universities, you know, it, it, it was a challenge, but I'm really delighted to say that one of the things that comes out of moment of crisis is people's capacity to work collectively together. And I think what we have shown, you know, um, in York and the wider region is how business, you know, our communities, our universities have come together to work collectively, you know, in this space. So whilst it's been challenging, you know, what's, what's been brilliant about it is that we've been able to kind of make a difference. We've been able to use our knowledge, our expertise, our skills to work with local businesses, to work with schools, to work with the public sector, the private sector and the community groups, you know, and that's been, you know, superb. You know, we've launched volunteering mentoring schemes on the back of the work that we had undertaken. Um, alongside a host of things of working with the, the NHS in terms of, you know, support, in terms of technology, equipment and research. So those are a couple of the examples of what I call the positive elements to come out of, you know, something which is, you know, complex and people are having to learn to work with and deal with on a daily basis. And it sounds like as, as obviously terrible as COVID has been, for the university, there will be some legacy that's positive that you try to get out of it. I'm going to guess both in terms of the links of the local community, but also, I suppose, the adjustment that you, like others, have had to make in terms of how you educate your students, given that they're not face-to-face as much. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and the legacy is built into, you know, our, our strategy and our mission, you know, a university for social good. And we've gone right back to our roots in terms of how we were founded. You know, we were founded on the basis of um, inclusive education for all. And what COVID has done has both highlighted, you know, points of privilege, but also points of underrepresentation, you know, and disadvantage. And so what it's given us the opportunity to do is not work, not simply work with our existing students, but also to work with communities where disadvantage, who are disadvantaged and, you know, don't have access to the same um, opportunities. And I think that's the legacy that we take forward by working with them, by working with students to raise aspirations and giving them hope and opportunity. And so what does the autumn term look like for students now coming to York? 
uh, the autumn term, we've worked really hard. And, you know, I'm really pleased to say that our student numbers um, are healthy. And what we've tried to do is to create a campus that is both inclusive and safe. Um, so that we are trying to do blended approaches to learning to give, you know, students the best opportunities possible. But we've also embedded, you know, um, as a result of equality and diversity in Black Lives Matters, a whole new strategy that brings inclusivity in terms of teaching and learning to the forefront. Mm, I think that's, I think that's really interesting. And it's one of the reasons you know, we were so keen to work with the University of York on an opportunity action plan, because I think the focus around equality and diversity is obviously one that matters to you, you know, very personally as well as professionally. It'd be good to get a sense almost of, from your perspective, coming to York and now putting, you know, your strategy, if you like, into the university, how you've approached that work and, and what it's involved. Absolutely. So for, for, for me and for the university, social justice is firmly established as part of our founding principles. So it's not unsurprising that the University of York, you know, is already committed to social mobility, you know, and we already deliver a significant amount of work in this area. So by working, you know, with you and in relation to the pledges, it provides an opportunity, not simply to raise the profile of, of our work, but to demonstrate, you know, our real commitment of, to, the, to this opportunity and to complete, to, to develop an educational ecosystem that is both, that reinvigorates, you know, efforts in this area. And it also provides the university with a significant level of external credibility and holds great potential to widen the reach. So, for me, you know, this work is absolutely critical because um, it's in our DNA, it's part of our roots, it's part of, you know, our history and the legacy that we want to leave, you know, as we move forward with our next 10 year strategy. And where do you feel in, in that strategy you'll be focusing the most? I mean, are there particular areas where you know, perhaps York's made some progress, but actually, for, for both the university um, staff, but also students, there's a real sense of actually we can do more in, in this part of the diversity or equality agenda. So there are three, three areas that we really want to you know, make a difference on. That's one of them is around uh, widening participation. Now, widening participation has been critical and important, you know, for all universities. But at York, you know, we're taking... Um, an active approach to engaging and working with our local schools, with our colleges, but also extending our reach through more widely through our communities to develop, um, I guess, the aspirations. And we've done that through running a whole series of events and workshops. You know, and one example of that would be we, you know, recently did um, what we called um, the big deal. And the big deal was about developing business and enterprise skills um, through our access and outreach activities. And we delivered online to 13 to 15 year old pupils across the country to really support them in understanding, you know, what it might mean to develop, you know, an entrepreneurial business. And we had a final, um, there was 300 pupils involved in the competition. You know, we showcased it through a whole series of videos. 
they got exposed to the world of enterprise and businesses. And, and partly that was to inspire participants to, career, you know, to pursue their career goals, but also for them to realize their potential aspirations. And so that's one concrete example of the kind of you know, work that we, are be, that we have been doing. And then the second has been around the attainment gap. So much is, has been talked about. So it isn't just about raising um, the aspirations. We've got to make sure that when we do get, you know, students from these communities into our universities, that we create an inclusive and welcoming culture, you know, sort of for them. So I've been working on initiative with our students union and with our access and outreach teams in relation to called creating and making space. That's ensuring that um, the spaces that we have at the university and the um, images, the photographs, the artistic work that we have is reflective of the students who have both passed through our doors and the students that are kind of coming in. So it's really important that you know, students from diverse communities see people that look like them because all the research has shown that role models are really important you know, as part of that process. Um, and we've been working really hard around decolonizing the curriculum. And because we have such a long and established history, particularly in relation to the work that we have done on social justice, that's given us a really good start. Many of the universities involved with the Social Mobility Pledge are non-Russell Group universities. They're, in many respects, universities that are naturally taking that much wider talent pool, perhaps, and giving it the chance to get a degree. What's it mean, and how do you think it's different for, for York as a Russell Group university to be really throwing itself into the work of the Social Mobility Pledge? How do you see if you like, your challenges on widening participation and then connecting young people up to opportunity? How do you see them as almost different from some of those non-Russell Group universities? I think it's absolutely essential that, you know, Russell Group universities are at the forefront of this agenda. You know, our mission at the very start of this, a university for social good, we were founded on the principles of, um, you know, in terms of our historical roots about access um, and equality and education for all. You know, university, Russell, particularly Russell Group universities, you know, are leaders in their field. They're places of curiosity. They're places where research in this area has a long established history. So we have to put that evidence and research to work, you know, and we've got to be able to attract the very best of our students. And one of the things that I'm most proud of is the fact of that we're moving away um, from simply a deficit model, i.e. the problem lies with the other. And we're working collaboratively, you know, so I think it's really important that we take an institutional and an institutional wide approach and for me that we make you know diversity and inclusivity everybody's business you know from mm. our regional partners from our local authorities as well as as an anchor institution in the university so for me um, not only does this make good business sense it's the right thing to do mm. and the, the university grows because of it um, so we know that within business the case is really well made that diversity leads to better decisions and better organizations and 
there's no doubt in my mind that the same for universities is is the case and I think this is about an enhanced learning environment for your students by having a more diverse student body that can draw on a far wider range of experience. I, I absolutely agree. You know, all of the research that's done in industry shows that when you have a richness of diversity, it not only increases diversity of thinking and thought and ideas, but it also leads to an increase, you know, in returns on an investment. And so I think, you know, having that collective richness is great learning. It's great learning for our students. It's great learning for our staff. And it also helps regenerate um, economic growth, you know, for, for our communities. And all of those things together, you know, are so, so critical. Um, you know, when we think about this, you know, the whole agenda, particularly in, in levelling up, and I think what... I was really pleased about in the work that you've been leading, Justine, is that you've been really clear and purposeful about what the leveling, leveling up agenda means. This isn't more of the same of what we are, have been doing. You know, it's about grasping the nettle and mm -hmm. saying, let's make a difference, but let's make a measurable difference, you know, as part of this. So this isn't just um, a, an add-on to what we do. This is central to our processes, to our systems and our, and our operations. Well, I totally agree. And by far the best organisations we've seen doing work on levelling up are the ones for whom they've really understood how it naturally forms part of their overall business model if they're a company or if they're a university, for example, how it forms part of how they want the institution itself to work because otherwise it ends up almost being a, a bolt-on and then you know when times get difficult and the organization has to focus on as it were core stuff then you suddenly find out this isn't core so it just gets jettisoned i think when it works really well is when an organization's worked out genuinely why this matters to it and then worked out how it can do better on it i think one of the things that's interesting about your role kiran is that Obviously, within your university, very, very focused, as you, you said, on widening participation and all that work with um, communities. But part of that community, of course, is business. And I know that you do a huge amount of work reaching out to not just the bigger companies in, in York and, and the region, but, but the SMEs as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you and the university do to almost connect up that talent that you're developing and nurturing? up to those opportunities that are outside of the university once they've graduated. Yeah, absolutely. So if I take our vision statement, you know, a university for public good, and then sort of articulate how we embed that in our core, you know, in our core principles, you know, through equality, diversity, inclusion, collaboration, and working, you know, across institutional boundaries. We do that in terms of the work that we do, you know, with our um, students is through um, the mentoring opportunities we have for them to work, you know, in companies, through the placement opportunities that we have, that they're able to kind of, but also through our volunteering scheme. And the volunteering scheme is really powerful because that's both led by and engaged with, you know, in terms of um, the students. And the volunteering mentoring scheme means that it's both ethical and empowering education, you know, working at its best and has, 
you know, lasting leg legacy. So the kind of things that we have been doing is to make sure that our students have exposure and opportunity that's agile um, and aligned to our desired position and our mission as a university for public good. And something about shared purpose is really, really, you know, important as part of, of that process. So it's within the context of our teaching and learning because we want to produce, you know, students who are both global and ethical leaders when they leave. Mm -hmm. And so this provides a really, you know, great opportunity, you know, as part of that process. I think it's I think it's fascinating what you're saying. And of course, those are students and graduates who are going into a world that's increasingly diverse and one that they need to be able to be successful in. So actually having them coming through the university, understanding the value of diversity, but then able to really bring that knowledge and experience working in businesses and in the same by the same token, those businesses themselves being able to add the experience to the student. I mean, really can create a virtuous circle. I mean, obviously, for York recently had really positive results on the Guardian League table, going up four places, um, I think, to 16th now. But part of that being the National Student Survey, um, Survey. So obviously, a core part of this work, really being close to students and understanding, if you like, what they need in order to feel like they're getting the most out of their their university life. It, tell us a little bit about some of the work with students to not only support them academically, but then in a sense, make sure they're able to pursue the careers that they're, they're interested in. And also Kieran, I mean, obviously reflections on the fact that that's getting harder in today's economic climate, presumably not easier. No, absolutely. And I think those are really important. You know, we are really proud um, of work that's kind of, you know, gone into this. So, um, what we're trying to do is ensure that, you know, um, our students become citizens of the world. You know, our research and our students ask questions about well, what's all this for? You know, what does reaching your full potential mean? And how does that relate, you know, to public good with international reach? So for, for us, you know, having those powerful partnerships for public good both in the city in the region and the community of shared purpose means you know that our students are developing their creativity skills they're being you know they're developing what it means to be entrepreneurialist they, they're thinking about what it means to innovate and influence which is absolutely you know the kind of skills they're going to need for the future so what we're trying to do is invest both in terms of our facilities and our support to, to try and, you know, develop a generation of sustainability leaders who are pushing the boundaries of responsible, sustainable um, research, as well as sustainable practice. So they get good exposure, being able to partner with small and medium sized enterprises through our industrial partners, through social enterprises, by helping and supporting them through the kind of placements that they might do. Um, but we also engage our alumni because they're really critical in supporting, you know, that, that whole commitment about lifelong personal development through mentoring, through sponsorship and through career opportunities. So I think the way that we generate knowledge through conversations and collaboration 
you know, and interacting with networks locally and globally, this is what the students are able to be able to do, you know, extend the reach. And it's that diversity and richness of the university community that resembles the world in which we live, you know, promoting equality of opinion and perspective, and, and also giving credibility to our students to have the confidence to find their voice and operate in a global community. I think it's absolutely fantastic to, to hear you talking about it. And I mean, it's obviously something I know from the conversations we've had um, over the months that you're extremely passionate about, Kieran. Tell us a little bit about your own journey, how you end up at York. And, and in a sense, you know, your, your personal um, mission on this, because I just think that often the people who are the most effective on these agendas are the ones who've almost got their own lived experience. You know, certainly mine on social mobility is what drives me on the pledge. And then you really bring that into having an impact in the role you've got. So how would you, in a sense, describe what you're bringing into this role and if you like the journey that you've been on? I really like when we first started out, Justin, you know, we talked about walking the talk. Well, um, I'm, the child of a first-generation migrant who grew up in the East End of London, um, and university and access to education was, you know, was never going to be there for me. And I was told, you know, very early on, in no uncertain terms, you know, kids like me didn't get to university, you know, and not to dream big. Um, and so there is an irony that, you know, today I am standing tall about agenda that I have done, you know, um, twenty years research on, because. Not only do I think it's the right thing to do, I think it's really important that we, that we lead by example. And when I tell that story, it's not to say, gosh, haven't I done well? But I talked about you know, learning through personal growth um, and thinking about the choices that we have um, and the roads that we travel. And if I hadn't had a little bit of support and a little bit of encouragement, you know, in terms of a levelling up agenda, then I wouldn't have been here today. So there is something about, you know, learning to ask those difficult questions, learning to be resilient. Um, and I'm absolutely passionate ensuring that we create scholarships, that we create life-changing opportunities for students from diverse backgrounds so that we leave a lasting legacy of our students, you know, who leave York and enter society with a real impact and positive impact on the world. And I think what I'm able to do is by, um, you know, highlighting my own story and not being fearful of talking about that shows what's possible, you know, and that's not without kind of, you know, complexity, but, you know, for me, future civic and sustainable leaders are really critical because they're going to be the generation that helps transform, you know, the economic, social and the environmental future of society. So giving people hope and choice and just the opportunity to dream just that little bit bigger, you know, creates all sorts of possibilities. Well, I'm, I'm fully behind you in all of that. And I think, but often, you know, when you're starting out, that, that journey ahead of you can just feel really overwhelming almost. And I think my attitude was always just, let's get my next step done. Uh, no one in my family had been to university. I mean, we had really no idea what it was going to be like um, when I arrived at Southampton. But 
you know, just threw myself into trying to make the most of that as an opportunity. And it, and it was absolutely transformative. And I think almost if you've been able to, I mean, I'm going to guess you're like Mika and sometimes through sheer bloody mindedness, you know, being able to steadily, you know, make your way, um, trying to make that easier for a next generation so they can just actually focus on being the best version of themselves, but, you know, not really have quite so many barriers to have to hurdle your way over. I think I can see that how valuable that is. It's why it's why it totally drives me because I, I just can think of how many of my friends were hugely talented, but probably maybe not quite so bloody minded as I was. And so, you know, probably didn't get to make as much of their potential and that's such a shame, not only for them, because they should have had that choice. They might not have wanted to take it, which that, that's their prerogative, but they should have absolutely had the choice. But I just think for the country as a whole, being able to clear the paths ahead for these young people when they can do so much and achieve so much is, as far as I'm concerned, probably the most important thing we can do because they will have a lot of the solutions to the challenges that Britain faces. We just need to put them in a position to be able to make that contribution. I absolutely agree with you. And I think universities have a really important but an accountable role to play for our own actions because you know we have to be aware of our impact in the world and we have to constantly try you know to do to, to do better because um, they are the future leaders. So I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, um, there is something about that we have to be powerful and we have to be persuasive in opening up those opportunities and just being able to show, you know, young people from those diverse backgrounds what's possible. But that also takes collaboration. You know, it takes collaboration working in our communities, you know, working with parents of those communities. Um, and I think that collaboration requires us to be both creative and caring, you know, in equal measures so that it doesn't um, feel like this is something we are doing to them, but it's mm -hmm. something that we're working together on. Um, and you raised a really important point for me, which is about choice. You know, I always say um, the whole process of inclusivity is about levelling up um, you know the agenda but it's also about giving people choice and informed choice so that they can make the kind of decisions about you know their future without fear so I think it is really really important that we create cultures in and in environments where the next generation you know our future leaders you know want to invest in terms of their education because it's those educational opportunities that provide them, you know, with choice. And I guess from your perspective, um, the impact of COVID really makes that whole levelling up agenda and education and indeed tackling the gaps that open up in the education system even more important than it was before. Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, we... Not a day goes past when, you know, um, in the news headlines, you know, on the news, that we can see the inequality that COVID-19, you know, has brought and shone a very stark light on. So I think, I started off by saying, I think we have a moment in time opportunity, you know, to really make a difference and a difference that is going to um, leave a lasting legacy. And it's critical 
for us, you know, and incumbent on us to do that. You know, we've got to collaborate. We've got to create an equal and diverse education system. We've got to try and ensure as part of the, the levelling up an agenda, you know, we are giving um, the whole education process, not just in universities, you know, but in schools and at home, the, 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 um, the means by which that they can put learning back at the heart of, you know, um, equality and diversity. Mm, and and the challenges have never been bigger. On the other hand, the opportunity really has to be grasped now, doesn't it? To take a decision to close those gaps and to open up opportunity once you know young people are coming out of an education education system at at whatever whatever level they do. I think it's. Um, I mean, obviously, for your journey, it's been one that you've gained a huge amount from and certainly are able to now put that into practice but Kieran if you if you were talking to little Kieran all those years ago and giving some advice if you like what do you think you'd say to yourself now knowing knowing what you do I'd say um never stop being curious never stop asking why um continue to be creative and be guided by, you know, your principles of integrity, integrity, justice and diversity, um, because it's all of those things. It was it was that natural curiosity um, that made me think, well, why? Why? Why will, you know, kids like me not get to university? Um, and so it's curiosity that creates that, you know, innovation and creates that kind of creativity and yes of course you know there are moments when it's tough and it's hard but there is much to be learned from success as there is from disappointment um you know and with every disappointment we have that's what gives us our resilience to try just that little bit harder and you know to maneuver different roads to try and get to you know sort of where we might want to be you talked a bit earlier about some of the support you had to help achieve your ambitions around getting to university and, and progressing. Where, where did the support come from? Was it teachers at school, at home? What kind of helped you just navigate those difficult times? Um, I had, and it was, it was an incredible, it was, you know, a particular teacher um, who saw something in me that I, that I didn't see you know, and with her support and with her encouragement and with her just opening up, you know, some of those networks that gave me an opportunity to be exposed to things in ways that, you know, I hadn't been at home. Um, just, you know, it was like a kid in a, a sweet shop, you know, with you know, lots of different things to be able to kind of choose from. But what it did was, it. I guess I learned the skills as part of that process, what it meant to um, argue your case, what it meant to fill in an application form, what it meant to have those conversations, you know, with your parents, you know, when you are the first to go to university, um, 
there's a there's a job of work to be done at home you know in terms of discussions and negotiation you know with parents and helping them understand some of those processes so I always think you need a critical friend you know you need somebody who's just gently on your side that's showing you that's what's what's possible and then the rest is down to you know each and every one of us to to grab those opportunities it just shows how important mentoring is and also you know how vital teachers are really in shaping our aspirations you know aside from all of the amazing work you know that they would do on knowledge and skills it's everything else and I think you know it's interesting how many people you talk to who've you know gone a long way in life and you sort of ask them you know tell tell us a bit about who inspired you and and it more often than not it's a teacher and, and I think it was certainly my teachers that inspired me and just kept me grounded but gave me a sense that actually I could I could kind of make some progress in my life but as long as I knuckled down and um you know didn't forget that um, effort and reward are linked so you need to put effort in if you're going to get the rewards out Kieran it's been an absolutely fantastic uh, podcast so good to hear all of the work that you're doing but also your huge energy that I share for this whole issue of widening out opportunity enabling more young people in particular to be able to get the chance to to get to York and then beyond that to get into some of those fantastic careers that are out there so thank you very, very much for the time and good luck with all of the work. And we're really looking forward to the work that we're doing with York, York uh, getting that completed and then launching all of it later on this year. So thank you very much. My pleasure. And, and it's really delightful. And thank you for, you know, shining a really important light on such an important topic and agenda. The enthusiasm and energy which Kieran has for improving social mobility is really inspiring and it's so clear that as for so many of us campaigning on this issue, with Kieran as for me, it comes from a very personal place of having social mobility as a lived journey of our own lives. Low social mobility, as Kieran says, is a real nettle that does have to be grasped. And it's why sharing best practice, which is what we're doing through the Social Mobility Pledge work, is such an important thing to be doing. Because it means that when your organisation decides to make this a priority, you won't be reinventing the wheel. And it'll be a lot easier to make a really big difference for your people and for your community. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit for Purpose. If you enjoyed it, please give us a rating and share with your friends, family and colleagues. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.